Hello and welcome to the reaction as we look over Celtic's um, domination of St Mirren at St Mirren Park. Uh, five goals to one in this afternoon's fantastic game of football. Well, fantastic half of football. What half? Well, well that's what we're here to talk about. So um, I finished 5-1 in Paisley. Celtic um, really kind of turned on the style in the second half. We can talk about uh, the game overall. I'm joined by Christopher Samani. Hello, Christopher. How are you, friend? Uh, afternoon, Gal. I'm been through the motions with that game. <laughs> um, I genuinely thought I was going to come on here and kind of repeat some of the away reactions that I did during Lennon's last season, which if you remember, I seem to be on every time we get cuffed. But <laughs> um, What a game of football, just... Topsy turvy. Um, aye, it's one of those ones where you're just kind of trying to gather your thoughts about the whole thing. But the main thing is, we came through that in style in the end and couldn't be happier. Absolutely. Um, Paul, it's what a roller coaster of a game. Uh, Paul Carlin, message to Christopher Gallagher and Christopher Sermani, 10 past one. I'm going scorched earth on this <laughs> podcast. That's true, Paul. <laughs> um, change my mind. I'm not going to do that. Unscorch um, it, I guess. What's that? Unscorch it, I don't know. Polish it? Polish it? Scotch earth? egg? I'm going Scotch egg on this podcast. Uh, I'm in a really good mood after that. <laughs> like, yeah, Samani's right. Full range of emotions. Like, uh, like I just, from from despair and anger to absolute elation and, and joy at some of the, the football in the second half, um, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, listen, don't want to be cliched or anything, but, you know, you, in situations like this, you know, character, uh, determination, um, the ability to change, all that stuff kind of comes into it because, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to talk through it, but pretty turgid first half. Pretty, mm. pretty, you know, we'll talk about the start and everything. Um, general thoughts on the game, I guess, I guess you've kind of just both kind of given that point of view that, you know, as a game, my dad hasn't worked texting my dad through the game and he texted me and went, what a game of two halves that was. And so, Manny, that's, that's a kind of phrase we've used a number of times this season, but none more prominent than today. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really stark in terms of, you, you know, the, the performance and the freedom with which we played. I mean, I suppose the first thing you've got to say is St Mirren, St Mirren deployed the exact same game plan they did the last time. Yeah. And it was really stifling us. Um, the ball boys had a day off today, like they did the last time. Which you know, that's <laughs> that, that, that's kind of up to them if they if they want to try and do that. Um, you were feeling a little bit of deja vu, deja vu, um, and then obviously the sending off makes a, a big change to it. But and I'm maybe the benefit of hindsight maybe is here because in the moment you're a wee bit, you know, kind of edgy about it. It did seem different than the last time. Because for me, I do, I do think we were maybe creating a bit more space. Shot I was poor at the start, but you know, Johnson was getting balls up to him. Um, it, it, it didn't. It wasn't a mirror image, image of the first game, but that frustration was definitely there. And of course, in the heat of the moment, you definitely think the worst. Absolutely, uh, Paul. Um, you know, kind of same kind of comments. Like it's something that. This team, every time you write them off, they you know, every time you think you've got the answers, they change the question. There's something really satisfying about today, right? Um, first of all, that that rhetoric of Celtic can't win in Paisley, right? I, I hate that. I hated it with the Livingston thing. I, I just think it's, I think it's just dead lazy and and almost a, an excuse um, for when we don't play well. Um, 
yeah, first half was was absolute crap, right? And we were absolute crap, and loads of our key players were really, really off it. But I'm just sitting here really, really proud of the turnaround. Yes, the red card helped, but this team, man, this team. I, do you know guys like Alistair Johnson again? Like we'll talk about him as we go, but. There's guys in this team that are so fucking determined. Sorry, I keep swearing. They're just really determined. The team knows what we have to do. I told one of you two said, don't worry, we'll win the game. And I actually believed, I believe we would win the game today. I didn't think we were going to lose. Um, I thought we might scrape a 2-1. But see every game now. I think we're going to win every game. I just, I can't see us losing a game this season, even when we play as badly as we did in the first half. And it's, it's dead exciting. Um, as I say, we're going to talk through what happened, but there was a when St Mirren took the lead, a stat came up and it was like St Mirren haven't lost a game while they've taken a lead, and there was a bit of quiet in our house, and Claire just went, "So fuck," <laughs> and she's like, and "Then we started talking about." It, she's like, "It's a stat that means nothing. Like it means oh they, they they've taken the lead, they haven't lost when they've taken the lead. It really does mean nothing. Like it just shows you the level of teams that they, they've come up against and stuff. I just thought that was quite well. Funny. It's shite now as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lie. You know, yeah, so." In the words of Claire Wild, so fuck. So fuck. Um, <laughs> the lineup itself, uh, let me talk you through how Celtic lined up uh, for the afternoon. We had Joe Hart and goal. We had AJ at right back. We had Carter v- CCV at uh, centre half. V- Vic- Vickers. Vickers, as we call him. Um, uh, and we had Starfield as his uh, defensive partner. Taylor on the left hand side. Then a midfield of McGregor, Hatate, Moy. And up front, we had Kyogo with Maeda on the left and Jota on the right. On the bench, we had Bain, Haksabanovic, Abada, Turnbull, Kobayashi, O, Awata, O'Reilly, and Tony Ralston. Um, when you saw that lineup, uh, Paul Carlin, um, what was your kind of take on it? Best team available, best best players available, but I don't. I, I would have. I wasn't sure about the wingers. Um, I wouldn't have started both of them. I thought this was a game that Haxabanovich might start. Um, I don't think Maeda generally plays that well against St. Murray, especially on a pitch like that. So I'd arrested him. Again, the only other question is O'Reilly versus Moy. And um, to be honest, at the moment, I think either one could start and you'd be quite happy. Um, I wouldn't have picked this game to play Iwata, give him a start. Um, so satisfied um you know the back four picks itself and uh I thought the defence mostly had a pretty good game today. Uh but I I'd I'd like to have seen Haxabanovich start. I think we everyone in this podcast is is a fan. Is a Haxabanovich. Oh Jesus Christ. Shall okay, um, I'll give you that <laughs> Okay, but that's first warning. Uh yeah. Satisfied. Um and I'll you look at the bench and you're like, fuck well, you know, there's there's at least three players on that bench that can come on and change the game, which is what we saw today. Absolutely. Um, so, Manny, when you saw the lineup, um, any complaints or any substitutions you liked to, would have liked to have made? Um, you, you could be picky, but when I seen the the, the, the starting lineup, I just thought, nah, there's no messing about today. He was going with probably the on-form best starting team. Take Paul's point, there's maybe a couple of the wide players in the front three that you think might have been more suited to the way that St. Mirren were going to set up. But, that's that's not what I thought immediately. I just thought there's enough quality on the bench there. We've got the farm team um, starting today. This should be more than enough to, t- to kind of take care of things. Um, on that, St Mirren, you made the point, Chris, that they basically set up exactly how we expected them to. They set up how um, they, you know, the last time we played them at Paisley. And 
they were aggressive. They were pressing us pretty high up. They weren't letting us settle. Um, yeah. it, it, it it kind of it was painted a picture because I'm I'm going to be honest. We're going to talk through the first half, but there aren't that many kind of highlights. Um, they really did. So Manny, they really did just kind of they were bullish and they were aggressive. They were disciplined. All those words that you'd expect, but they were just they knew exactly what their game plan was. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where your immediate thought then if you're kind of trying to kind of be simplistic about it is we knew what they were going to do why aren't we then able to counter that but I think it's an effective way to kind of set up against us stopping us getting in the rhythm being aggressive obviously you want the referee to be on the ball there and calling a lot of the fouls which I don't think he did O'Hara particularly in the first half got away with several several fouls yeah um, and that's that puts you in the back foot when the referee's maybe not clamping down on their style but um, it's they've obviously come up with a plan that is designed to stop us playing football I thought the worst actually when they got their noses in front because that's that then makes it more difficult as we've seen earlier in the season um, so yeah it's it's one of those ones as well at the time in the middle of the heat of the moment when you're watching the first half you're, you're thinking that why can't we why can't we count on this? We knew what they were going to do. Then you start to pick on players like Jota and 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 a few others saying, see, when we did get like some space or moments, the quality wasn't quite there. And that's when you kind of start to second guess themselves. But we came through it. Now, obviously the sending off made a big difference. But for me as well, even looking back, I didn't think we would have scored in 100 years when we played them in September. I didn't have that feeling today, even when it was 11 v 11. You know, they were one up. For me, I think a passing, you know, wasn't as crisp as it normally is, but there was enough movement, there was enough there that made me think, you know, this isn't this isn't a lost cause. So, yeah, that's, that's where I was. Uh, Paul, how do you think we started the game overall? Obviously, we, as we say, St Mirren bullish and determined and disciplined and all those kind of cliches, but, you know, kind of played out like that. Um, how do you think we started? We were poor. Um, like, the first quarter of the game I thought we were rotten um, misplaced passes short passes um, overhit passes inability to kind of trap the ball and stuff I thought Jota was guilty of that quite a lot I felt like we didn't have the dimensions of the pitch right I felt like we were just like our angles were off our percentages were off it was weird um, you know like when you're playing FIFA and you hold the pass button a bit too like that, you know it felt like everyone was doing that a little bit um, I mean St Marin like so we're not a good team, right? They they played well in the first half, you know. Like so, Gogic was really sticking to Kyogo, but then one of the one of the back three would step in and kind of close space in midfield as well. Um, I thought Bacchus was on McGregor quite a lot as well. So they someone did a really good job of that. Add to that, I thought, yeah, Jota. I mean, really doing my head in in the first half. Uh, the the crowd was on his back. Um, he just looked frustrated. He looked really. Um, not nervous because he's 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 quite positive on the ball, but he just looked off. He looked rattled. Um, we just struggled to make anything happen. I don't think we had a shot on target until about twenty five minutes in. Um, so, Manny, you recommend? Sorry, Paul, were you finished? I didn't. I put my I, finger up there. So I, 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 I made a bad job of that, right? I'm, you know, I'm a professional. I usually I'm quite good at finishing a sentence and making it quite obvious that I finished a <laughs> sentence, but I didn't do that. There, so my apologies. <laughs> It was, a, I suppose, it was a point on Jota and um, small. I think it was that was kind of up against him. Really, did seem to have 
the beating of them. Certainly, the, you know, early, certainly early on in the, in the first half, you thought you look as if you're going to get the ball all day and, and nothing's going to come to fruition. And a lot of our play went down the right-hand side. Yeah. But Maida was just as ineffective as well any time. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get a yard on um, who was marking him. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But Straight. Um, yeah, st- sorry, strange. And so I think the wide two were both ineffective. And then we've seen Ange doing the classic tactic of switching them over, which I, when it comes to Jota, I always think he's better on the left and Maida's a bit of a hit and a miss on the right. But it was pretty clear that that, that wasn't working. Um, but Jota, because he was getting the ball and doing very little with it, you know, was in the firing line a bit more than Maida, who who really wasn't at the races today. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Maida though, it just really wasn't a lot of space to run in behind. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that, and that's the thing that that goes back to the point that you know about Haksabanovic or whatever, maybe being more um, suited to this game. Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest, and we'll we'll talk about it in a, in a couple of minutes. But you know, I thought Abada was was not the the choice to bring on either. But actually, that ended up being the kind of the thing that kind of set the tempo for us in the second half. Um, the um, yeah, so I mean, the wide you, you both make great points about the wide players. Um, Jota was just everything he touched. Just it just he was very poor in that first half, really. And I, I, Paul, I think you're right. He got a little bit rattled by the crowd. There was a bit where um, the crowd were on his back, and the ball comes to him, and he makes a pass to no one, and it just trickles out. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, but fair play to the boy. You know, he, he stuck at it. He stayed on. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how effective he was in the second half. But, um, yeah, my dad just didn't think it was his day. Um, so with that in, in mind and the fact that Kyogo only had two touches um, in the entire first half, um, it, that whole block of in St Mirren's defensive block, our final third, it was just clustered. It was just clustered, and clearly they were just waiting and looking for us to counter-attack. Um, but within two minutes of the game, uh, there's a penalty shout. Hmm. They let the, they wait for the ball to go out of play, which is I still think it's a bit weird, because what happens if the ball's in play for another ten minutes? Yeah. And then having to go all the way back. So the, the ball's in play for quite a while, but they check it on VAR... You know, the referee has looked directly at the incident. He's looking yeah. right at it. He doesn't give the penalty. There's a VAR check. He then goes and looks at it, and the penalty's given. Chris Armani, what was your thoughts on the penalty and the process? One, um, for me, right, if my initial reaction and in the first replay was that's a penalty. Now, the problem that you've got in Scotland is you don't know if they're going to give that as a penalty because at the start of the season, they were, or not start of the season, start of VAR being introduced, everything was given. Any handball in the box was given. We see Burnaby, we seen O'Reilly. It was just given. Then that changed. And then you've seen a lot of handball decisions. Cough, cough. Some of them over at Ibrooks not being given. Connor Goldston's got a highlight video of coming out later in the season. Um, and then you're now back in this position where you're thinking, he's seen that directly. Um, it play goes on for three minutes. So you're thinking, well, in my head, I was thinking, well, we maybe got away with one there. Yeah. But then... I do think it is a penalty and he's seen it and if the VAR people are, are looking at that then what they say is now stop the game that's pretty it's pretty clear we think it's a penalty a penalty yeah. stop the game bring it back I mean what if we went up the park and scored exactly you know, yeah, that's it, would, ex- it, would, it would it would be ridiculous so in that stage you should just be stopping proceedings if it's something that's of real significance and they didn't so 
the decision, the actual decision VAR came to, I don't have a problem. But it's the process of how they got there and in terms of the flow of the game. And it goes into the overall picture of how VAR and how games and how handballs are refereed. And yet again, we're on the negative side of that. Now, you could turn around and go, well, that's the correct decision. But when you feed it into the broader narrative about some decisions, it just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth about the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, largely agree with Sermani. Um, I thought, yeah. Do you know, it doesn't even matter what we think, if it was a penalty or not. It was going to be given. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, not being paranoid. It's just a fact that if it's, if it's Andrew Dallas in the VAR room and it's a come off a Celtic player's arm, then it's going to be given, right? That's just a fact. I don't really know what Taylor could have done. Um, it, it was the ball was really close him when it came towards him. His hand was kind of his arm was kind of up. So if it had been the other way about, we would have been screaming for it to be given. Yeah. Um, but it's the process. It's the amount of time it takes because the ball was in play for a good few minutes after that, right? Um, we could easily have attacked and scored. That goal would have been chopped off penalty at St Murray. And that is it's just a total fucking waste of time, you know? Um, and just it's frustrating. And it's the, the time it takes. And so my thing is, like, if the ref makes the final decision on a penalty, right, and the ref's got to go, go to the, the screen and take another look at it. Like, who's refereeing the game? It's the, it's the use of... It's who... Is, is VAR refereeing the game or is the referee refereeing the game? And... I don't think they've worked out the right way to do that yet. Either the VAR ref gets in the ref's ear and says, that's definitely a penalty. And, you know, the ref just has to go with it or the ref makes a decision there and then. I'm going to run the circles a wee bit here. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is. But it, what happened today was frustrating in so many ways. I suppose there is a gap there because the issues about variable. what we've always been told basically is that the referee's decision is final. And what's key in this incident for me is his positioning for the in the incident at the time. He's looking straight at it. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's he's looking directly at it and he doesn't give it. it. There's no qualms or questions in my head that he's seen what happened, the way the ball was played up and the way it came off Taylor's arm. Now, again, my opinion is it probably was a penalty, so then Vars then looked at that, though. He didn't see anything differently on that screen than they seen in the course of the, 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 the mm-hmm. game. Exactly. So why has he changed his mind? Yeah. Are Var then saying, that's a real screamer that you've made there and you probably need to change it? Has he then got a second chance to do that? Is he then thinking in his head, I'm maybe going to overturn this one because now looking at it on the video screen, um, it should have been. Yeah. And that's... that. That's weird, you know. And they talk about how, you know, VAR's there to kind of pick up on clear and obvious errors, but that's not an obvious error, it's a decision. He's made a decision. You, what you're doing is you're overturning his decision because he did, to give him a, a, a medicum of credit, he was in a really good position for it. Hmm. You know, he, he didn't have anyone blocking him, he was looking directly at it. Um, you know, the ball kind of stays, it's not like it hits... Taylor's arm and bounce. It's not like it bounces off Taylor's arm. It kind of hits Taylor's arm and he moves around and the ball's kind of caught in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, he sees that and he says, well, that's not a penalty, whether he thinks it's the, the kind of overarching body kind of position of Taylor that he can't get away from it or not. So it's not a clear and obvious error. It's mm-hmm. a decision. And, you know, as I say, whether it's a pe- whether it's actually a penalty by the, the kind of rules of the game isn't necessarily the issue. It's... It's the process that goes around all around goes all around it. Um, 
but they take the penalty. Do you know, I, this is this is going to this is going to sound petty, right? But I'm still fucking annoyed that Joe Hart and that stupid wee video that they do when they do the teammates thing. It was him and Benjamin Segrist. This is pathetic. It really is. But I'm going to say it anyway. Him and Benjamin Segrist, and they were talking about penalties, and he's like, "Oh, I, I'm terrible at penalties. I can't. I've never saved a penalty in my career, and all that." And they're laughing about it. See, as he was standing in that penalty spot, I thought, "Fuck me." We know he's gonna, you know, we know he's not gonna save it. I, I, it, it oh yeah, go cool. yeah, yeah yeah. He's never gonna save it. And it's, it's so no no. It's when he s- stands in the net. I have the same feeling I had with Craig Gordon. I was this, just about to say that. <laughs> this is a goal. This is a goal, and yeah. that's that's not great. I mean, there, there's obviously wider deficiencies in well both our games, if we're being perfectly honest. Certainly with Hart just now, but you know the we've had keepers who. Mate saved penalties and they saved big penalties for us, Boric, Forster. Um, and it's just yeah. a wee bit disconcerting. Penalties all round, even when we get them, you're always like, there's a right good chance we're going to miss this. <laughs> and then penalties conceded to your thinking, no chance. There's no chance that we're yeah. going to stop this going in the net. Bloody penalties, <laughs> am I right? Um, uh, both, I've just taken some notes here. 14th minute, I've put um, sloppy. Um, Kind of passes and touches. 21st minute, nothing much happening. St. Mirren pressing and harrying Celtic, putting them under pressure. Um, then the 22nd minute, I noticed again um, that pass from Alistair Johnson, where he basically puts it in behind the fullback for the for Jota to run onto. He'd done it at least four times. They were all inch perfect, but Jota would receive it and then the ball into the box would either be kind of crossed out by the, the, the first defender or he wouldn't just get into the box. Um, I kind of felt like Alistair Johnson was doing all this work, putting the ball on the plate for Jota and because Jota was quite ineffective in the first half, it kind of went nowhere. It was quite frustrating, Paul. Aye, yeah, crossing was absolutely rotten today. Um, Hatati had a couple really bad crosses in the first half. Uh, Moy as well. Um, I don't even know. I think we had a couple of corners in the first half and... Uh, St. Mirren were just clearing everything, um, but we were we were putting the ball really close to Trevor Carson, you know, and we're known for these like low crosses into the box from you know we kind of cut back crosses that Kyogo gets on the end of or a bad I'll get on the end of, and that's a sort of it's a, it's a theme of our play, um, and it's a sort of tr- really good trait of Ange ball, but it just was the happening today. Um, yeah, I thought Johnson had a good game today. Um, I think he's. I think he's grown into that role pretty well, um, and I've been—I've said some absolutely horrendous things about him um, <laughs> off mic, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I love—I love—I simply love to be wrong about things, right? I simply love being wrong about things, and I think I've been wrong about him because uh, again, a good performance today. If if Jota is is on it and having a good game, are the crosses going to be any better? I don't know, like. But yeah, I, I, I just I, I just I think I think maybe we're we're doing the St. Johnson def- St. Mum defence a bit of a disservice because I thought they actually defended. But I mean, I mean yeah, they I mean they totally kind of stifled the box, so it was at point two for one on men in the box. Um, Jota uh, Sermani, um, even the first half of the first half, he was pretty poor. Aye, you want me to elaborate? I thought you'd more of a point now. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, it. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice closed question for Samani there. <laughs> he, he, he certainly he was, he was, and again, you know, sometimes I'm giving him a wee bit of slack or benefit of the doubt when he's on the right-hand side. And there wasn't much time in the first half for him to um, show 
that he, you know, more on the left hand side. But then even in the early in the second half, if you remember, he, 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 the ball kind of slipped from his foot and went out for a shy, and I yeah. think that was in the first few minutes of the second half. So it looked very much like this isn't going to be his day. Um, Do you think much changed when the switch the switch happens in the thirty sixth minute, which is only what less than ten minutes before the kind of half time? But do you think there was any kind of glimmer of spark from that? I, not really. Um, I, I always think Jota just looks more comfortable there. But at the same time, he was coming up against the same problems that we've talked about in terms of the marking and the box. My issue with Jota was when he was getting into space, those balls clearly were not working and there didn't seem to be any conscious attempt to perhaps do something different, like maybe bring it further into the box and, I don't know, try and get somebody to kind of make space to play it play it low. I, I don't know, but even when the change was made, you didn't really see... There wasn't enough time, to be fair, but you didn't really see too much different in terms of the way the uh, attacking players of the front three. Um, it just seemed... We were meandering a bit at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my dad messaged me and said, texted me and said, uh, what did he say? Nay zip! Tentacle, I don't like, I don't know what that means. And she went, I know, but there is no zip. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, I don't know what it means, but there was nay zip. So, fair point. Uh, 37th minute, red card and Ooh. penalty. Um, Paul Carlin talked me through the decision, talked me through the process of what happened as the uh, ball was kind of played through. Or mis- miscontrolled through, sorry. <laughs> we, we'd had a, a period of, we were getting a little bit better because um, Hatati had had a shot that just went over the bar not too long before that. And then Jota had actually done something good. We were in a kind of tight spot on the right-hand side. Uh, sorry, from our left-hand side, the ball was kind of eventually worked between Hatati and Jota, but Jota's uh, shot was kind of out for a corner so I felt like we were coming into the game a bit more at that point um, the red card I think it's all down to Kyogo's just determination to keep the ball alive so um, it's Charles Dunn who I thought had played pretty well up until that point uh, hospital pass to Trevor Carson uh, Kyogo chases it as you would expect from him and so the foul basically begins outside the box and ends I thought it ended inside the box. I thought it should have been a penalty. So Dunn gets sent off. That's the correct decision because it was uh, definitely a red card. And then referee gives a penalty. It goes to VAR for fucking 25 minutes or however long it is. Um, and the decision is a free kick. So I think it's a penalty because I think it's quite clear that even Okiogo starts falling outside the box, but there's still contact when they're on the line. And my understanding of the rule is that if it's on the line, it's considered inside the box, so we should have had a penalty. Um, and I would, when we're finished talking about this, I want to discuss the free kick that uh, that came after it. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So for me, uh, penalty red card was the right decision, um, and I'm credit to Kyogo for making that happen. Chris, your thoughts on the incident? Definite red card done. It's just a howler, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. You know, he just underplays the tap back to Carson, um, and then. Uh, I would claim the penalty. It's, it is borderline. It's one of those ones where you're thinking it's pretty close um, in, in terms of the decision. I'll refer, though, to a previous decision that was given to another team. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, which leaves you which leaves you frustrated. Um, and then especially, and that's the, the annoying thing about 
the way VAR's being operated as well. We've got a situation where Moy's bouncing the ball up and down, ready to take a penalty, and then it gets pulled back and it's it, it, it's at the edge of the box. So again, the frustration lies from I'm I'm probably I don't know. It's fifty fifty for me, you know, in terms of I don't see the rule where it, that the foul ends up in the box. I wasn't even aware of that, to be perfectly honest. Um, if that's the case, then I would be definitely shouting for it. But it is, it is marginal, I think, just in terms of the way that that goes. But yet again, it's one that goes goes against us. It, so. It's it's not like you know, like it's not like the it's not the foul. The foul doesn't happen like it pulls him down and that's it. It's like not like pulls him down straight down and he's on the ground and play stopped. He, 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 the 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 foul itself is pulling him back from getting into the box, and it doesn't just happen in one motion. Uh, he has to grab him back as he's running, so his momentum's taking him forward, you know, and he's pulling him back. I, I think it's a penalty. Um, I also think that it's not a penalty. <laughs> yeah, it's bo- it's borderline. Um, and again, it's just that. Like the, the ref, ref gave it though, right? The yeah. ref gives the penalty. That's another example of of VAR refereeing the referee and and it's exactly. a decision. It's just, ugh, they, I just don't know how they're going to get this right. How, how the, if, and if they're ever going to get it right, see how they manage these situations. For me, you're going to always get calls with VAR that are, you know, debatable. Just because some calls are debatable, yeah. Their main focus for me should be speed of decision. That's really got to be it for me. I mean, going back to the, the, the three minutes, the balls in the play—that's just stupid. That's just that's just poor operation of VAR. Somebody up there should be watching that and make a decision, rightly or wrongly, make a decision on whether or not the incident is of significant enough merit to say, "No, pull this back here." Because if it's not, and if it, if see if they feel as if it's probably not going to be given, it might be a cursory thing or whatever. People will argue over the Taylor penalty, but it was very clear that it hit his arm for me. So to allow the play to go on for that long was just daft. These things need to happen a lot quicker. That is probably the most significant difference that they could make in operating it in the country. Also, see, the thing is, though, see, if it's like, why don't the referees... Honestly, we're getting to the point now. I'm like, the referee should... As soon as the the whistle's made that it's going to be a VAR check, the referee just should just fucking make the check himself. Because that's... Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't say it's this, it's a penalty. It's go and look at it. Like, ugh, it's fucking annoying. Anyway, the terrible free kick afterwards frustrated the absolute <laughs> crap out of me. Yeah. Um, Paul, uh, Paul, we'll come back to you for it. Um, oh, absolutely awful. So, uh, so we're basically on the edge of the box, right? Kind of to, to the to the right of the D facing the goal, and Jota is there. McGregor's there. I think Moy's there, and it's obviously like going to be Jota, right? So you've got a player with Jota's ability and technique who could quite easily get that ball up and over and round. You know, it's a great goal scoring opportunity. I think that a free kick like that. I know it's close to the 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 goal, but it's we can we can score a goal from this. So instead of doing that. Jota like rolls it to his left, but overhits it. So that the the plan looked like it was for him to roll it to his left and McGregor to take a low strike and hopefully score. But he overhits it. McGregor just like eventually gets a shot on it and the ball ricochets off the very, very first defender and goes fucking ricochets back into our half. It's just embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. Um what are we fucking doing? fucking about like that at the end of the half when we're a goal down. Um, I was raging, absolutely raging. And I just think it summed up Jota's first half as well. Like, I, 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 w- 
Sorry, I've done that again, Paul. I've done that Sorry. again. It's fine. Again, Samari, I was I was limping to the end of my sentence and I didn't know where I was going with it. So Yeah, uh, I'm more professional than me. One of my biggest problems in podcasts is making a point and then making the same point three times in slightly different words. <laughs> gal gal I, looking at me and then interrupting me. <laughs> but you want to come in, Samari? Um I I totally agree on the execution of that. It was absolutely embarrassing. I fully expected it though after the decision changing from a penalty a free kick. I just thought, oh, we're not going to do anything with this, you know. Um, so I'd kind of taken a huff with the situation before we struck it. But yeah, it was very first half Jota esque, put it that way. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was an indirect free kick anyway. So you have to have some sort of movement on it. Um, yeah. Is it Moy that does the the kind of move round right into all this space? And then obviously that's like the the the, the diversion. But instead of hitting it to him, like, they just pass it into him. I don't know. It was just frustrating. It kind of summed up my thoughts on Celtic in the first half and uh, Jota in the first half. But yeah. what were you thinking? I think thinking? that's when I sent... Sorry, Gal, I think that's the exact point I sent my uh, text about going scorched earth. It feels like that. Well, when, out. It was, see, that, at that point as well, I mean, they were focusing on Jota and rightly so. Moy was terrible in that first half too. I, I, I think you could... I think you could legitimately say you could have taken the front six off. I don't think McGregor was particularly good. Hitati either. He just seemed to be kind of, you know, don't get me wrong. There was, in terms of some of the movements, that passing movements that we were making, Hitati and, and McGregor were better than Moy. Moy. Moy just seemed to meander like he did in September. But nobody was really good in that front six at all in that first half. No, so we're at half time. Thankfully, we can talk about Celtic being class now. Um, yes. But we, we get to half time and uh, I just put Harry a, note, a wee note here saying St. Mirren disciplined but not much more. They weren't. They were happy with a 1-0 lead. I think the obviously the, the sending off means that it's going to be <coughs> excuse me, 11 versus 10 in the second half which obviously isn't ideal for them. But nothing was going to change in regards to how they were going to set up. It's All it did was give maybe their out ball wasn't as um, prominent as it would have been in the first half. Um, what were you thinking at halftime, Chris? Um, I didn't watch any of the halftime coverage. and I, I normally don't, right? Because I cannot be annoyed with half of the Sky Pundit team. So I kind of walked away and it, 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 I had in my head, they're going to get in at halftime. Hopefully they'll get a bit of a rollicking from the manager. We do have the... The, the one man advantage and I think when we played St Mirren earlier at Celtic Park they'd tired I think they went down to 10 men there as well didn't they um, they'd tired as well and Hitati came on at that point and really kind of put the game out of sight so th- as much as I was stepped away from the television I did have it in my head look we've got this one man advantage they're going to tire this is different from September because there's far more on the bench so as bad as we were and as much as you had in the mind the previous result I, I thought we've got a real chance to make a go of this even if it goes late they're going to be far too more tired we've got enough in terms of bringing it on in fact at that point I would still probably be fairly confident that we would have won but I would have probably put money on it being too late goals as opposed to the way it unfolded uh, at the start of the second half. Absolutely. And as we know, Paul, you were Mr. Scorched Earth. Um, so, uh, what, no, what were you actually thinking, Paul? Were you worried? My, uh, my, my final note. Um, so when I, I write, I take loads of notes for these, right? I take like by minute, almost, almost minute by minute, right? But I have some like first half major points. My final first half major point, I hope Ange sells all the players at halftime. <laughs> so that's where my head was at. Good, uh, good. Again, like I definitely, 
yeah, I, I thought two one. I thought, well, sorry, well, we we will win it two one. Um, can I ask you a quick? Can I ask you a question, Paul? Sorry to interrupt, but can I ask you a question? See this game itself, this one game with everything that happened in it, has it changed your mindset a little bit? I think it. I think my mindset was already moving in that direction. Right, okay, three bigger shite bags you will not meet than the three of us, right? We are <laughs> terrible pessimists. We always think Celtic are going to lose, but I think deep down... I don't think... I think Celtic are going to win every game. Well, yeah, I think I do too, and I think I'm realising... So they are. So you, you, you've, just, you've just told an egregious lie there, Paul, haven't you? <laughs> that's, libel. Uh, that's libel. Yeah, that's... Uh, the libel doesn't exist in Scotland. It's um, it's called... Uh, uh, shit, I taught this in college last year. What's it called? Um, oh my god, I've got I've got a hangover. I forgot. Anyway, I'll give yes. you a call. On you go. Know, yeah, it's um, it's the word for libel. It's the Scottish Scots law phrase. Um, oh, it's going to drive me insane. Oh, Paul, cute. Just um, go, please. Sorry, I've derailed it. What was the question? Defamation. My mindset. Defamation. Defamation. Thank you. Defamation. Uh, yeah. I, uh, and even with Leah Labada coming on since up at half time, um, I still thought. We were going to win because I think we were going to win. And do you know what? See that see that cup final last week. I learned a lot of lessons last week because I um uh I need to get out of this pessimistic mindset, right? I know it's a laugh and I know it's funny to go, oh, we're going to lose every game. I don't believe that because this team's excellent and the manager's good and the manager does the right thing almost every game. And he doesn't. You know what? Someone said to me, it might be Stuart Dugan says, Ange doesn't make the same mistake twice. Like you won't see him like. You know, he won't. You won't lose the, a game against the same team the same way twice. I think was the point. And yeah, he's right. We don't. Beautiful. Um, second half, Abada comes on for Maida, and as I say, I'll throw my hands up. I, I thought to myself, mm, I don't know how much of a change that's going to make. I was looking for because obviously Abada and my, Maida are two players who you know they use paces in a, in a quite devastating way. Um, Abad is not really one for like really close control. Um, but weirdly enough, in this second half, he shows quite a lot of it. So, you know, again, hands up. I wasn't, it's not the sub I would have made, but it absolutely paid off in the time, which goes back to, you know, what we're saying about Ange. Um, 55 minutes. We, we, how do we start? In fact, how do we start the second half, uh, Sermani? A bit more impetus? Um. Probably, yeah. Um, the, the the thing that sticks out in my mind before the if the equaliser is Jota miscontrolling the ball out wide. Um, but it probably does feed into what I said a few minutes ago about how we're going to get all the ball now and it's really about trying to pull them out of positions, unlock them um, and let them tire out so that we can find that space that we needed. I don't think the early moments of the second half particularly were much different, you know, in terms of what we were doing. But for me, it was going to be a gradual build-up, a gradu- uh, you know, g- kind of doing what um, I thought we were going to do in terms of kind of pulling them out and tiring them out. Um, but thereafter that, when we get the equaliser, delicious. The equaliser itself, uh, 55 minutes, uh, our good friend Jota uh, makes it one each. Um, Paul, talk us through the goal. Um, so Abada comes on, right, and has quite a lot of the ball. Uh, he doesn't do anything with it, but he has quite a lot of the ball. Um, so I think we see we're going to be more direct. We're going to be... Basically, I think the plan was get the ball to him, get him into the box and put a cross in. Um, I think it was actually Moy that put the cross in for this. So it, it was a really strange goal. And 
it was one of those ones that I watched and I was like, did that did that just go in? Have we have we equalised? Yeah, yeah. So um Jota, who had uh, up to this point just I actually been getting, I thought he was even worse in the second half at the start of the second half uh, than he was in the first half. Um, the ball comes over from, uh, to the, to Moy on the right, who's sort of inside the box, who kind of cuts it across. And it's sort of, it's a sort of sclaff. It looked like a sclaff. So Jota's on the deck, right? Carson's in front of him. Kyogo's kind of to Jota's left. And it looks like the chance is gone. But Jota somehow amazes, like manages to sort of twist his body. Uh, hit it at an angle that looks like it's going to hit off the post and come back out, but it, it hits off the post and goes in. Defender can't get there in time. It's amazingly scrappy, but utterly hilarious. I thought I mean, we, Frank and I were just bursting laughing because we were like, holy shit, how have we got away with that? Oh my God, it's Jota that scored. How funny is that? Um, hey, doesn't matter how they go in, gal, as long as they go in. And I, for one, was absolutely delighted for Jota because... That's those moments when you're having a game like that changes everything. Um, Alistair Johnson passes the ball into Abada. Abada then turns and gives it to Moy. Moy puts the ball across and uh, Jota, weird sort of sclaff. But Chris, that, it feels like that was the catalyst for yeah. the kind of um, for Celtic to actually start cooking, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and after that, we really started to you kind know, of put on the style a little bit. Yeah. When I seen the goal go in, for me, it was almost like that's the sort of goal we needed to get. And it was almost just like kind of dogged determination to go back in the point of a bit Abada. I mean, I've been fairly clear on my, my overall thoughts about Abada. And uh, before the equaliser, there was one where he, he gets the ball in space and he just puts the ball out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he obviously then, you know, he, he becomes better. But at that point, you know, he plays the ball into Moy and, and, and he gets the ball across. And to be honest, it was just, there was a degree of fortune in the fact, you know, it was a good, you could see what Jota was trying to do, but there was a degree of fortune in the way that it kind of unfolded. But that changed everything in terms of mindset, because again, harking back to the previous game, it certainly didn't look like that we, we were in any position to score. And then we got the sucker punch with the second goal, which really just totally killed it off. But for me, getting that just it was almost like we're, we're willing it into the net and no matter what way it, it happened you could definitely tell mindset wise that was a ma- massive change and, and and that obviously came to fruition absolutely um then we go to one up uh the 60th minute uh and this is where jota kind of really starts to kind of you know what's the phrase uh peacock himself a little bit he starts to really kind of you know take people on stand defenders up and run at them he does the little nutmeg um gets fouled um and then from a free kick um, moy puts the ball into the the box to the very back post and uh alistair johnson with a header paul superb uh brilliant delighted for alistair johnson and his celebration was brilliant as well you can see what it meant to him um yeah, really happy for him. I love when our fullback score. There's something really special when your fullback scores a goal. I just think it shows how integral they are to the whole team. You know, Ralston would do that. It's a kind of goal that uh, Anthony Ralston would score. Um, so delighted for AJ to get his first goal. Um, he'd contributed really well to the team at that point. He'd been one of the few uh, high points in the first half. Um, again, determination. It's another, like, he was going to win that ball no matter what. You know, not, not a beautiful goal, but an important goal and a great celebration. And, um, Frankie commented on how big his guns are, by the way. He's got some pair of guns on him. He does. Um, 
if anybody's into that, uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, the, the, we all love guns, Paul, don't you? <laughs> Jota though is is the the person that made that happen because um, that Meg was absolutely delicious. Um, Ryan Strain, who just you know, if you you can embarrass a player like that and get, then get him to fail you, brilliant. So uh, and a great, I thought it was a really good free kick from Moy. Moy was involved in like three of the goals today, like in this, which you don't really you know because he played so shite in the first half. So yeah. <laughs> happy for all involved in this um, brilliant moment. Again, I didn't. I, did, I couldn't tell if it had gone in or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the camera um, angle. Um, so, fifty minutes in, Chris, Celtic are two one up. At that, even just the second goal. Now, normally when Celtic are two one up away from home, you're like, ah, you want that third to really cement <laughs> it. But at this point, with them down to ten men, them not not really causing anything in regards to you know uh, from an attacking point of view. It felt like that was it. It felt like, and you know, if it had just stayed two one and we'd cruised to it, you would have been like job done fine we don't but it did feel like that was us the points were in the bag or did it maybe yeah. didn't well there was if you, before we got the third we missed an absolute sitter where we broke yeah. and um, they cleared it off the line in the end up at that point I, I, I want you know you were desperate for that third goal as you say to kind of put it out of sight I wouldn't say that I thought oh no this is going to make it be a turning point or anything like that but you you were definitely wanting to go for a throat. You wanted to go in for the kill at that point. So that was the only maybe small part where I thought, you really need to be doing better there. But the tide had turned by that point. And to be fair to St Mirren, mentally, you know, it's what happened and how it happened. If they if we'd kept it at that, you know, they might have grouped and kind of defended well. But mentally by that point, you could see that the quick turnaround at the start of the second half, being a man down, really just drained them, totally drained them so I don't think at any point did I think that it, that was me, that's me nitpicking like you said at the start Chris, that's about it but other than that it seemed as if the trajectory was only one way at that point um, Regarding the break that you're talking about St Mirren had the ball in our box and it broke um, just on the edge and Taylor, Jota, Kyogo everyone, there was like I think it was like four players kind of burst forward and just this devastating break. The ball gets out to Jota. I thought Jota, at first I thought Jota um, had had a shot, but it wasn't. It was actually, as Jota breaks into the box, he sees Kyogo on his right-hand side, and he kind of, great cross. It was a perfect cross, but the goalkeeper actually makes a really, really good save, and it just, just by a smidge, it puts uh, goes behind Kyogo a little bit, so he can't get a full kind of touch on it. Then it breaks out to Abada, and he has a shot, and it's hit off the line. Uh, Paul, great stuff, great play. Celtic at this point just starting to, you know, really turn the screw. You can tell that Abada's been watching videos of Kyogo. Great break, really liked it. I thought actually Abada Abada's decision making after we were two one up, actually even after the first goal all of a sudden became great because he's not known for doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. In situations like that, like he kind of goes, kind of gets ahead of himself. But his ball to Jota was absolutely excellent. Um, yeah, and Jota, it was a lovely ball to Kyogo. Just dead unlucky. Trevor Carson's a decent goalie, you know, makes a good save. Um, what was frustrating was, so Moy cuts it back to Abada. Abada should have scored that time. He should have scored it. Um, he had lots of places to put the ball and I think he went for the the easiest option to save um, but 
we're we're playing really well at this point. Um, I, I, th- I did. I thought it was going to end up about three or four one uh, quite easily. Um, is this the point where O'Reilly and O come on for Hatati and Kyogo? Yes, about now. Yes, as well. Because um, I thought Kyogo. You know, I'm not. I'm not annoyed. Uh, today, I think Sutton did a good job of, you know, of marking them. Gogic was all over them. Uh, sometimes you're just going to have days like this. Uh, so wasn't too disappointed in him going off. Can you see what O would do with that defence? Um, Hatati had some nice moments. Um, Samani highlighted a couple earlier, but uh, I actually thought O'Reilly was was the was the answer. I think O'Reilly was the guy I was looking to see what he could do to basically just get the ball forward and unlock that defence a bit better. Yeah, um, you know, we'll talk about the third goal in a minute, but this is the kind of thing about, you know, Abada that um, kind of bamboozles. I don't want to use the words for straight because I've used it too many times, but like <laughs> kind of bamboozles a little bit because I genuinely thought he looked great today when he came on um, and he was so effective. Um, and it, what it means is, I guess you got to, you got to set him that challenge of saying, you performed really, really well in this half. You are involved in almost all of the goals. We need you to do that when you start. You know, next week. You know, if you start, the, if you start against Hearts midweek, we need you to be in that sort of mindset. Um, and it's just, you know, that that the hope that you can get a, a, that word consistency, just a little bit of consistency. You know, two or three games in a row where he performs really, really well will allow him to have one where he drops off. But one good, one bad, one good, one bad is. You know, it's not. It's the reason he's not starting these games. Uh, what did you make of the third goal, Chris? I thought it was a bad at his best. Yeah. Um, he's. I'm pretty a badder for me. Is a guy who lacks consistency, but he's done enough in a Celtic shirt and the goals he scored um, that makes you think he's got a level to kick up. And then when you get to a point, and I've said this several times before, you get to a point where you're just kind of washing your hands of him. He makes an impact like he did today in a game where we were struggling. Um, he gets the ball really at the edge of the box. He's really direct in terms of standing up the the defender. And one thing that's always been a bad as strength, you know, in the moments that he's had for us is his finishing. And the keeper gets a hand to this, but there's no way he's keeping it out. It's so ferocious, it's accurate into the bottom corner of the net and that's it the game's done at that point, the minute he puts that ball into the net, you know that you've won three points and you've come through a bit of kind of um, you know turmoil to get there, um, so it was really really huge for me um, again, I know we've said it but just to underline it Haxabanovic was the substitution for me at half time 100% but yet again, Abada has stepped up and had another big minute a big moment. It might not be. It might be a while before we get another one, but you, you need. We need to stop writing them off. Me included. Me mostly, probably. <laughs> just and I will you. do. Just. I will do it again, probably. <laughs> he, he he pulls them out. Not often enough. That's probably what he's got to do. He's got to kind of build up to do it. But for me, his quality in the second half is probably what uh, one of the three points. That's. Very true. That's a key statement there because I think, you know, at the end of the season, if we win the league, when we win the league, um, you know, you look at it and you'll be like watching that video and you'll think that game against St. Mirren, we were really struggling. What was the thing that brought us back? And, you know, Abada plays a big role in that. What did you make of the goal, Paul, um, to make it 3-1? Pick of the bunch for me. Best goal of the day. Um, Very happy with Abada. Proud of him, actually. I'll say proud of him because I think, what's that, 12 goals this season? And I write him off. 
all the time. <laughs> I am I, I am such a meanie about Leo Labada, but um, just you can't deny that the kid can can strike a ball. Um, it was an excellent strike. I love the goal. Um, it just I don't know Moy involved again. Um, AJ involved again. It was just it was perfect Celtic football. It's the way Abada just darts forward with the ball. Yeah, like so you almost think he's gone too far ahead. He's too deep into the box for it to for him to score. But um, loved it, absolutely loved it. And he was clearly just I mean having fun, enjoying himself. And yeah, that three one, you're just like right, brilliant. What this is, what a turnaround this is. This is like this is Celtic at our best. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. You know, Abada passes out wide to Moy. Moy returns the ball to him, and he just it's that drive, and he releases the ball. It, it, he obviously shoots right, but it just seems like the ball come. He, he runs onto the the passage of the ball and releases it into the box, um, into the into the net. And you know, three one, sixty ninth minute. We've done the old double tap again. We scored in the fifty fifth, mm. and then the sixtieth, and then this goal in the sixty ninth minute. A goal two minutes later as well to make it four one. In between that happening, uh, Jota comes off for Haksabanovic. But the seventy first minute, Celtic make it four one. O'Reilly uh, scores that goal. Um, there's a play around the edge of the box um, and Abada crosses it into O'Reilly who taps it in. Matt O'Reilly, Chris Armani, what a substitute to bring on. This is a guy who, you know, like there's an argument to be made for a, for him to start, but the fact that you can bring him on and you can bring Haksabanovic on and you can bring, you know, like uh, Abada on, like an embarrassment of riches. The key difference from where we were last season, um, last season when we had key players out of the team, it was very evident across the team. We're really kind of well, well stocked in terms of alternative options, apart from maybe left back, which we've we probably seen at the game uh, in Ibrox earlier this season. But there's enough on that bench now where, again, we're you know talking about how this might have been a sticky one. Um, in terms of getting there late or whatever, the confidence that you have in some of those players that are on the bench is as such that you, even if you're taking off guys like Hatati, you think, you know, that doesn't mean that the overall quality of the team is going to dip. And O'Reilly's a, a perfect example of that. There is a debate, and it's a legitimate debate, about whether or not he should be starting in the team. For me, form-wise, Moy has been keeping him out rightly. That's not to say, though, that if... The manager chose O'Reilly, or you know, um, Moy had a spell on the sidelines that you would be questioning that majorly. That's what's so good about it. He had a good spell at the start of the season. He dipped, you know, but we all know he's a young guy and he's a very, very talented football player. So the idea that he was not going to get back into the team was daft. First goal of the season, I think, for him. That's if we go back to last Sunday, the, the chance first league that goal. He, sorry, sorry, first league goal because he scored against it in, in the cup. Against in the cup. Right, right. We go back to last week as well when he came on and there was a chance I think he should have scored at the end of the League Cup final, um, which I then had in my head saying, you know, there's maybe a wee bit more to do for you to get sharp. As much as that wasn't a classic, that's not one for the highlight reels, I think that'll do him wonders. Uh, and and O'Reilly's going to play a massive role for us in the rest of the season and into next. Uh, Paul, your, your delight and joy at O'Reilly making it 4-1 in the 71st minute. Um, again, it's just a good goal to score, you know, like a bad involved. Good, I mean, this a bad and a really two guys that are that are pretty much maybe been on the fringes of the first team for the past wee while. 
both coming on and making an impact. Thought O'Reilly played really well today. Thought he linked up brilliantly with uh, Greg Taylor on the left, putting in some really nice balls for him. Uh, I love this type of goal. Yeah, fuck it. A deflected cross and then just a, an easy kind of tap in. Brilliant. Um, and that is, I, I think, I think O'Reilly to me is playing himself back into being that first pick. Um, him over Moy, although Moy, you know, again played better in the second half. But uh, I'd be starting O'Reilly against. I actually, would start O'Reilly and Abada against Hearts on Wednesday, um, <laughs> and let them let them. Uh, oh, that's not popular with the uh, panel, but good. I'm going to double down on it. I would never start Moy and Maida ever again. Uh, um, what written uh, O'Reilly, and we're having fun now, piling on the agony, putting on the style. The uh, the away fans were so loud at this point, which I love. I love when you can hear our, our fans just making a racket and, and dominating every other stadium in Scotland. Um, happy, like pure happiness at this point. Um, I love to see our players play like this. Just like no inhibitions, just take a pop and see what happens. So delighted with this. Uh, 4-1 in the 70th minute with 20 minutes left with them down to 10 men. I did think could get a few more here. Um, we didn't. We got one more, which, you know, this is the thing about, I'm not, it's not even Celtic supporters, it's football fans in general. You go from this idea of being completely, this fear of dropping points in the first half because you've not played, performed to your, you know, how, how you normally do. And then, you know, it's the 70th minute and you're like, we need to score more goals. We need to score more goals. Just so greedy uh, for for success and stuff. But, you know, that's the, it's the standards that run this football club, frankly. Um, 73rd minute, Awata comes off. Um, sorry, Awata comes on for Moy. Um, but the kind of last kind of piece of action is is the penalty. And we can talk talk about that, the decision made. Um the 80th minute, uh, O is pulled down. His shirt certainly pulled back um, as as a ball's kind of put in front of him. And I think it's Go- is it Gogic that make that pulls him back and yeah. kind of um, then he wins the ball cleanly in inverted commas. But he's pulling O back. Chris Romani was that a penalty. Yeah, it was a penalty. Um, it's one of those ones where when you watch it in real time, you know that. The, the way that he goes down and the way that the action played on, it's one of those ones that you just thought that a referee would kind of let that flow and go away and we wouldn't get it. But when you bring him back and you make him look at it, there really isn't a decision to be made. Not only is there the shirt pull, I think the leg kind of catches him too. So for me, it was a it was a stick-on penalty. Um, and for once, it goes in our favour. Paul, your thoughts on the pen? Good one for you. Um, I'll thank you to not call it a pen ever again. Thanks Never. very much. Tekel Sai. Uh, Fuck up. <laughs> what will they? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely a penalty. Um, and a well won penalty. Always always giving them a bit of hassle. Like, he's quite an unpredictable player, isn't he? Like He's a handful. Again, he's, he's raw, but he's there's something about that kid that he, he's... I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I, I like him. I'm into him. I like his attitude. He seems very determined. Again, we said the word determined quite a lot today, but <laughs> I think it is the it's the attribute that really saw this game um, to its conclusion. Um, Gogic, I've, I've got to say, I quite like Alex Gogic. I think he's I think it's a decent player for this division. Um, but I he, he got absolutely murked. So oh, uh, definitely Mark. a penalty. And I thought the penalty itself was okay. Oh, I thought the penalty itself was appalling. <laughs> now, <laughs> penalties, it, you know, we're at the point now where we can joke about the penalty and it's, it's all about fun because that's how the, the day turned out. 
But like that run up, whatever you need to do to put the ball in the back of the net, son, nay bother, right? Mm. Also, if a penalty goes in, who gives a fuck? And that's mm. fine. But I, I'm not sure he's a penalty taker. Or he, yeah. I don't, I, that, that, what's your thoughts? For we'll me, see. sorry, Paul, on you. I was just going to say, saving, saving penalties isn't he for a lot of goalkeepers. <laughs> um, so Trevor Carson, clearly the third in that trifecta of goalies that just joke about penalties. Uh, go on, Sir Manny. Um, the penalty, if we're being kind, that he struck it well enough, although he didn't place it very well, and the keeper would be very disappointed with that. But I'm the same as you, Gal. I'm looking for somebody to take a penalty for us. And Moy's done that, if we're being fair, recently, you know. I'm looking for somebody that strikes a penalty and you've got real confidence in their ability to finish it. See if O steps up and takes a penalty <laughs> again. <laughs> and that's that's probably very unfair on him uh, as a young yeah, man. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm I'm still thinking, I don't know if this is going to go in and I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not powerful enough. No, know, I think it I think it too, was I think it was powerful enough. Too close to the, the middle as well. Like I don't like but a penalty for me, it's like Put it right in the corner. I want to see every penalty go right in the corner because it's the hardest place for the goalkeeper to get to. This is gonna, um, this is going to sound very Celtic da, but see if you're going to do that run up, it needs to be a pure. You have to send the goalkeeper the wrong way, and you have to like yeah, it has to go. It has to go in and it has to be convincing. Also, do what you want, son. Ah, on you go, <laughs> went why, Scott, are yeah, why, why are we complaining? Why are we complaining about? Um, but no. You know, uh, the final whistle went and uh, Celtic ran out 5-1 winners. Um, oh, this will be interesting. Let's let's figure out some man of the matches and a little bit of the old... Uh, a little bit of the old... Uh, M-O-T-M. Am I right, guys? That's what I call it, M-O-T-M. Um, and also a little bit of the old... Um, hey, Gal, let's wind this he's up. Do, he's I, doing I just, a theoretical bit. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I just genuinely can't remember the... What is it? Um, uh, two point any takeaways, any takeaways. A little right. bit of the old takeaways. Um but yeah, uh, Chris Romani. Um who would be um, your man of the match, actually, because I've I've not even thought about this really. Thoughts? The easy one because of his impact is probably a badder. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll say a badder. Um so yeah, that, that I suppose that's fairly easy. Takeaway, we don't stop, I suppose. Um Beautiful. I don't want a two point one, that'll do. The, the, the main takeaway you take from this game is we thought we were seeing a carbon copy of our only league defeat earlier in the season and we didn't, we did not we've seen a team who are determined to win who don't rest on their laurels who won a major trophy last week and if standards were lower you could probably accept the fact that we might not have been in sparkling form the weekend after but that's not the way this club's built, it's not the way this manager's built, and it's not the way that this Celtic side's built, and I bloody love it, Christopher. Bloody love it. Uh, it's bloody <laughs> terrific. Uh, yourself, Paul Carlin, your, your uh, man of the match, and your, uh, any takeaways you have? Do you know who I think played really well? Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, I'll give it to uh, Johnson, though. I think Johnson yeah. is getting better and better, and that kind of leads on to my, one of my takeaways, like players playing themselves into form at a really important point of the season. And that is delightful because we've, I feel like we've got, just don't write this team off. Never, and I, that's a message to myself, maybe the two other people on this podcast, don't don't write Celtic off even when we're not winning. Um, don't write players off because Abada surprises all today. Um, 
this team is just full of surprises. Um, even when we think we know them, we think we know how a game's going to play out. They 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 show something else, and I think going from despair and anger to complete elation in the space of forty five minutes is only Celtic can give you those highs. Love it. Absolutely love it, Paul. Fantastic. So, Celtic running out 5-1 winners uh, in St Mirren. Fantastic goals after a, a tricky start to the game. Chris Amani, it's been a pleasure as always, sir. Magical. Spending time with you and Paul is always time well spent. Superb, my man. Uh, Paul Callan, pleasure as always, pal. Yeah, I'd like to echo Sir Manny's sentiments. Enjoyed the game. Enjoyed chatting to you too. Hope everyone has a beautiful Sunday. Yes, absolutely. From Christopher Samani, from Paul Carlin, I am Chris Gallagher. This has been the reaction. Celtic 5, St. Mirren 1. We'll speak to you down the road.